Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Oh my goodness. So Nick and Nelly had a child on Saturday and John and Petra had one on Monday. And I think we're competing on the names. I do. I think we're going, who can get the best name out there? So on Monday, we had Blake. Yeah, we don't know any other Blake, so there we are. And on Saturday, we had Zachary Amos. Yeah, Zachary Amos, Blake Isaac. So uh, we all go for the minor prophets and the major ones where we can. So it's wonderful. And, and you know, I say this many times when we hear about uh, children being born. One of the prayers that we, we had very early on, when suddenly babies were coming regularly uh, a few years ago, we prayed, God, let them be safe in their delivery. Yeah? So I pray that every time. Yeah? And uh, God has been very faithful to us. So today we begin a, a new series. You'll know that we... I'm going to have to turn around a bit to even understand for myself what I'm doing. Um, Um, A series called Leadership That Lasts, Developing a Culture of Godly Leadership in the Church and Our Lives. And it's really important that we talk about our lives, because if I were to ask the question right now, hands up if you think you're a leader, put put your hands up. Okay, so five of us, yeah? (laughs) So the rest of us are thinking, oh, maybe we're not leaders, and therefore you are switching off, yeah? And and my love even tells me that. When I saw the word leadership, I kind of switched off. Now, let me ask another question. Hands up if you would like to be, if you would like to be a leader or more of a leader than you are. Okay, so half of us now. So still there's people. By the end of today, you will understand that leadership is for all of us. Yeah, I, I think you will. Yeah, I think you'll get it today, that leadership is for all of us. So if we go to the next uh, slide. Um, so, yeah, so we're running a series uh, which, which begins today, and we're kind of looking, and it's part of our, you'll know that we have a vision cycle as a church. Uh, last term we were looking at outreach. This term, see how Bill's very cleverly moved foundations out a little, build the church. Um, and we're in that kind of area now. We're trying to build the church by encouraging people in leadership. But you'll, you'll understand soon why that is relevant for everyone. I'm just going to read some stuff that has been written. What's next after that? Because I don't even know now. OK, come, we'll come back to that, Bill. Um, I'm just going to read some things because one of the things that I'm really grateful for, I'm grateful for many, many things, many, many people. One of the people I'm grateful for is Steve Gould, because um, whenever we do a series, series often at Beacon begin like this. Ah, I've got an idea. And I'll text Steve, I'll message Steve. Somehow I'll contact Steve and I'll say, I've got an idea about doing a series in this. And then he goes away and he does lots of really good stuff with it. And then I come up with a series. Well, I don't. He comes up with a series that we're going to do. And that's what's happened here. So I'm just going to read some of what he has said about this series that we're doing. In the book, The Leader's Code, which I've read, you don't need to have read it, author Donovan Campbell states that America suffers from a leadership crisis, a statement that could easily be applied to the UK as well. 
He outlines numerous examples of failed leadership and the costly consequences as well, as well as identifying the root causes for these failings, the pursuit of material gain at the cost of individual character. Inspired by this book, we will be looking at biblical qualities that we should pursue in order to become godly leaders. Although leadership is the focus of the series, it does not mean that anyone should discount themselves. I said that earlier. Everyone exercises a level of leadership, even if it is only in leading themselves, which is a very, very important leadership role. Ultimately, at Beacon, we want to continue to foster a culture of godly leadership that builds the church and brings in the kingdom into our homes, communities and workplaces. The world's approach to leadership often ends in breakdown of trust and we want leadership that lasts because it is faithful and fruitful. And so we're going to be looking at a number of uh, passages and there are a number of principles or characteristics that we're going to look at so, Bill, if we go to the next slide. So these are our seven weeks. This week, it's a bit of an introduction. We're going to look at mission and purpose. Next week, we're looking at excellence, kindness, discipline, courage, wisdom, and humility. And the question you need to ask yourself is, oh, would I like more of those in my life? And if the answer is, yeah, I would like more kindness in my life, then this series, I think, will help you. Throughout the series, it will be important to emphasise that the development of these characteristics in our lives do not make us righteous before God. Yeah? So this is really important. This is not about how do I become more righteous? How do I become more acceptable to God? It's not about that. Only Jesus does that. So you need to have that foundation of, actually, I'm right before God because of what Jesus has done, not because I've become a better leader or not because I've become more kind. Jesus is the one who makes us righteous. The motivation to be a godly leader should stem from what Jesus has done for us. That's why we want to be godly. And it's a response to the grace shown to us, not a means of earning our salvation. So we must Separate those two things. This is not about, oh, how do I please God? I do please God like this. Um, this comes out of our relationship with God. That, that if you like, I'm firmly fixed on the knowledge that I am right before God because of Jesus. And because of that, I can then develop and become more faithful and more fruitful. So we'll look at that over the weeks. I just want to mention right up front, though, if we go to the next slide... Three barriers, I think, there are to leadership. Three barriers that seem to exist um, from what I can observe everywhere. And there is a danger. One of these could be a danger for any one of you. Or maybe, if you're me, that all of them are dangerous for you. All of them. Yeah? So the first barrier to godly leadership is selfish ambition. <clears throat> Basically, you're, you're ambitious to get somewhere yourself. Yeah, you want to do something. You want to achieve something. Yeah. Now you may well have selfish ambition and not realise that you, you're that because no one ever thinks to themselves, "I'm," you know, "I've got selfish ambition." That's just the way it is. No, no one thinks like that. But what you might be is very, very focused. Yeah, you're focused on what you want to achieve, and you know what? <clears throat> that can really sometimes come out of ambition can come out of selfish ambition. It's just worth being aware of it. Secondly, another barrier to leadership is the lack 
of self-awareness. Yeah, now, you might think this is just like a social thing. Oh, you know, that person's not very socially aware. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, but in leadership, you can lack self-awareness. You can be so single-minded that you don't realise the impact your leadership has on other people. Yeah, you can be so single-minded about what you want to achieve. You know, you don't want to be distracted. You don't realise the impact that it has on other people. You're not interested in feedback. You're only interested in moving on. And the third one, which I think is often a challenge, can be a challenge for many Christians, is having a personal agenda. And that's really about you become, if you like, uh, what, what I would call a single-issue Christian. Yeah. So my issue might be, for example, um, the use of music stands when you preach. Yeah. Let's just say, for example, that's my issue. So whenever I visit a church, uh, it's great, great, great. But the thing I'm really looking for is, have they got a music stand? That's the thing. Have they got one? Oh, no, they didn't have one. Not so sure about that. When I come to a church, I join a church, I'm looking around, I'm saying, okay, what do they use? When, oh, have they got a music stand? Oh, no, they don't have a music stand. Or it might be, um, you know, race might be the issue for you. So every time you go somewhere in church, you're, you're looking to see what do they think about a particular issue. I remember a guy coming to see me in the office a few years ago, and the first thing he did when he came in, and I would say he was a single-issue Christian, he came in, was he went to one of my commentaries to find out what my commentary said on a particular verse that he was very keen on. And sometimes we can be like that. We can be single-issue Christians so that everything we do, we see it through the eyes of a particular issue. And I'm saying, when you have that kind of personal agenda, that's a barrier to leadership. It's not a help, it's a barrier. You might feel, oh, God's called me to ensure every church has a music stand when they preach. That's what, that's what God spoke to me about. Yeah, that, You just need to sometimes be a little bit, you realise, no, that's a barrier to leadership, it's not a help. So just be aware of those things as we go through, that there are things that are barriers, and I'll give you some stuff that will hopefully help you in relation to that. Now, the next thing I just want to look at very quickly is a leadership approach. This is a leadership approach that um, I, I reckon many, many churches I know operate in, probably many companies operate in as well. They might not emphasize them in the same way but this is a leadership approach that I know lots of people have the first thing is they look at is character which is all about who you are the second thing they look about is competence what you can do and the third thing they look about look at is chemistry how do you fit and so in some contexts people will use this approach to determine who they hire and who they don't yeah, who, who, who they draw into leadership and who they don't. They'll be looking at their character, their competence and their chemistry. And there's part of me that doesn't want to rubbish this idea because people much bigger and better than me look at this, yeah? But I do question it. I do question it. Um, <clears throat> because I, I would question it on this basis. It's... Uh, I would question it on this basis that I can't see anything really, really 
key for leadership that we need to look at apart from character. Now, if we go to the next slide, we've come up with this leadership pyramid, and I, I just need to explain, you know, Bill's done this leadership pyramid. I mean, Bill's really good. You know, I give him this, and I give him words. I gave Bill words, and he produced this. Um, if I were doing this, I would make competence and chemistry a lot smaller. I'd make them a lot smaller. What this tells you is character is the foundation of leadership, but I think that in relation to the others, it's not like, oh, there's character, competence, and chemistry. There is character. There is character. And let me explain why I think that. And we're talking about leadership here. We're not necessarily talking about specialist roles. So I'm not thinking, you know, to don't go there and thinking to myself, but, but Owen, there's no, it's no good if the brain surgeon doesn't have any competence. Yeah? If you're a really good person, it doesn't mean that you can, you can fix someone's brain. It doesn't. I, I get that. Yeah? So I'm not talking about the brain surgeon. I'm not talking about you know, those specialist roles where you need that. Although you would want the person who leads the brain surgeon team to have character. So I'm not talking about those specific things. Yeah? I'm not speaking about specialist roles, but I am speaking about leadership ones. You see, in every and any situation of leadership, character is what gets tested. Character gets tested more than anything else. And with character, if it's not there, it's not there. Yeah? Competence, you can learn. Yeah? You can learn skills. You can, you can develop gifts. You can grow in things. You can't, if you're in a leadership position, to be honest, it's too late in terms of character. Your character becomes exposed in leadership. Yeah? You don't grow in it in leadership. It becomes exposed. People, people will lead according to the character that they have developed. Whereas skills and gifts can be learned and can be developed and can be stretched. You can start in a job without any ability to do that job and by the end you can grow into it and excel. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, I've had jobs where I've started, I don't know if I've excelled in them, but I've started in them and I have no ability. I do not know how to do the job. Yeah, but by the end of it, actually, I've, I can do the job. Yeah, so you can excel. Competence comes chemistry is way less important than you think. I don't need to get on with you. Do you know what I mean? We don't need to be best friends. Now, I'm not saying that you want to put, you know, you, uh, oh, I don't need to like you, so I won't. I'm not talking about that. But we don't need to be best friends in order to do things. We talk about these three things, or people do, as if they are all equally important. But what happens is this. Character is regularly compromised because we either think someone excels at a role, yeah? So we allow someone to come through and excel at a role without worrying too much about their character because they are so good. Or we get on really well with people that we bring them in anyway. 
And this is one of the reasons why there is a, a crisis in leadership, because people are not being put into leadership positions because of character. They're put in, being put into leadership positions because they, they're really good at something or we get on or they get on really well with people. And yet, very few roles in the Bible give competence or chemistry any airtime at all. Not even like a little bit of airtime. Very few roles in the Bible give competence or chemistry any airtime at all. And they certainly don't equate it with character. So I'm saying character is the biggest thing when it comes to leadership. And if character is the biggest thing when it comes to leadership, it makes leadership about individuals. That's why it applies to every single one of us here. You might think, oh, but I don't have a leadership role. But the biggest role you have in leadership is to learn to lead yourself. Yeah? Develop your character. Yeah? That, that's the thing to do, to develop your character. Now, I've used this example before, but I'm going to use it again because it's a good one, and it seems to apply across a number of things. So, um, get the keys, my love. You've only got one key. I need a handful of keys. No, okay. No, here. These are mine. Right, okay. So, why is leading self so important because I have just said, I've moved quite quickly, I have just said that the biggest single thing around leadership is character, my character. And if you like, the biggest thing about that is how do I develop my character? Why is that so important? Why is it so important? All of us have been given, if you like, by God in our world and time, three things. We have been given, is it on the next slide, resources, in my case represented by a, what looks like a fat wallet, but in reality it's all paper and there's about 70p in there and there's, oh there's a £10 note, yeah, surprisingly enough. Um, so there's £10, 70 pence in the wallet, but this represents Resources. What have we been given? Now, if we went around the room, we wouldn't want to do it because some of us would be embarrassed because we had so little. Others might be a bit embarrassed because we had so much. But we have resources. All of us have resources. Yeah? You might not all carry it around in a little brown wallet like this, but you have things that represent your resources. I've obviously, I've got cards here. I've got, well, I was going to say store cards. I don't, by store cards, I mean like a nectar card rather than other kinds of store cards or the AA membership or whatever it is. We all have resources. The second thing that God has given all of us is responsibility. Mine, represented by my keys. I mean, on my keys, I've got my Tesco's club card as well. But on my keys, I've got what represents my responsibilities. What do I carry? So I've got a house, I've got keys for the church house here, I've got keys for my dad's house. I've got responsibilities, things that I'm... I've got cars. Cars. I've got a car. It sounds really... Yeah, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. And the, the third thing is we have relationships, who we interact with. 
And this is represented by my phone. On my phone, I'll have lots of numbers. I don't use them all. I've got a picture of my girls. I've got pictures of Pauline. All of that on my phone. Hands up if you've got a phone. Okay, so remember, remember, only half of us even aspired to leadership, but all of us have relationships. Hands up if you have some level of responsibility. And what I mean is, you have a key to get into somebody's house, whether it's your own or someone else's. Okay, so every one of us has responsibility. Hands up if you have, you might think to yourself, I don't have any money. Hands up if you've got more than 70p on you right now. Okay, hands up if you've got access to more than 70p right now. Yeah, okay. Now, if we put it like that, leadership becomes a responsibility for all of us. Yeah, because we all have resources, we all have responsibilities, and we all have relationships. We all have people that we know, family. Yeah, our first leadership task is to manage the interplay between these three things. Yeah, because you can do this really well, or you can do this really badly. Yeah, and leadership is what helps you do it. Yeah. But the key thing to doing it is not to sit down with someone necessarily and find out how do I budget my money, how do I sort my diary, how do I get keys cut. That's not the issue. Yeah, that is not the issue. The issue is how do I develop my character so these are handled well? Yeah? So I reckon that you're all a little bit more interested in that because how do I develop my character so I handle my relationships well that affects all of us. And you're all like, oh yeah, no, I would like to be able to do that. How do I develop my character so that I handle my responsibilities well? Because some of us will come to church, let me just give an example. Some of us will come to church and we're great, we get church. We come, we worship, we serve, we do all this kind of stuff. But sometimes in the week we won't go to work because we're tired. Not because we're ill, because we're tired. Some of us will come to church and we get church, we lift our hands, we sing and we worship Jesus. But actually, in other contexts, we might be a little bit dishonest. We won't turn up to things that we've said we'll turn up to. Those are all about character. Yeah, They're nothing to do with what you do. They're all about who you are. And so developing who you are is the most important thing you can do. Yeah? And you develop who you are by developing your character. So I'm suggesting that the best way you can be faithful and fruitful in your life is to develop your character. And I would just say this. By the way, that's how God does it. That's exactly how God does it. You think about it. You think about any big name in the Bible. Let's take Moses. Yeah, When God interviewed Moses for a job Moses said to God I can't do it God said to Moses I know and Moses then said why me then and God said I'll be with you yeah now obviously they have this interaction it's a bit of a back and forth it's a bit of a back and forth but it is a very good example where competence made no difference whatsoever Moses was not called to lead people out of Egypt because he was tall, he had a beard, he had a staff, he was clever. None of that. 
It had nothing to do with anything that he brought to the table. And that was exactly why God did it, so that all Moses could do was rely on God. He had no other choice. If Moses had been really good at some things, it just might have been that he said to God, you want me to take them out? I'll take them out. Just leave it with me. I've got it. Yeah? If I get into trouble, I'll give you a call. But until then, I'm on it. Yeah? God very deliberately broke the man down so that the man relied on nothing else apart from God. It was all in the end about character. And that's what leadership is about. So in this first week of leadership where we're looking at... What's the next slide? Mission or purpose. What do we mean by mission or purpose? What I mean by that, I want to suggest to you the main purpose of your life, your individual life, is to develop your character, not your skills or your gifts, to develop your character. And it's when you focus on your character, as the Bible says we should do, that God calls you and uses you. Now, he may use you in a way that you think you are not skilled or gifted. And it's almost like God doesn't really care about that bit. What he cares about is who you are. Yeah, He's not bothered whether you can play the piano. Yeah, I didn't call you to lead worship because you can play the piano. I called you to lead worship because you worship. There's something different. It's not about the gift. Now, I accept that what I'm saying for some of us is, whoa, hold on, Owen, hold on. We have been told we need to develop this, that and the other. I'm saying, yeah, maybe. But the main thing is develop your character. Most people God uses were humbled in character, out of depth in terms of competence. So they could rely on him. And if we really think about it, they rarely fit in. Yeah, this idea of chemistry, how do you fit? They rarely fit in. Moses was not best buds with Aaron. Yeah? David was not best buds with Saul. People God uses, they may not fit in, but they are reliant on him. And and all our songs point to that. We might not realise it, but all our songs point to that. The Apostle Paul himself, he speaks of having no confidence in the flesh. Not, you know, God's gifted me in certain ways. He says, I have no confidence in the flesh. I have no confidence in myself to achieve what he has called me to do. Do you know, we should be the same. Yeah? It's character that God develops. We're going to look at one story uh, just a little bit. Um, uh, Yeah, it's just not going to take long. So, okay. So Luke 10, verse 38, the story of... Mary and Martha. Um, Mary and Martha were a couple of sisters that Jesus meets. This is what it says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord... Don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. 
You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, we often hear this story in many different ways, but if we're really honest, um, Mary's annoying if you're Martha, let's be honest. And we laugh because some of us, we know, we know. yeah, we're, we're Martha. Some of us are Martha. We're sitting here, do you know what, I'm Martha, and do you know what, he's Mary. He don't do nothing. I'm doing stuff, he ain't doing nothing. And so, so Martha, we get it, we totally get it. Martha's sitting, Martha's wandering around, she's got Jesus and all the people around, and they're coming for dinner, and she's out and about doing, 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 doing. Mary's just chilling, she's just chilling. And Martha's like, this is not fair, yeah? And she's so incensed that even though Jesus is the special guest, and he's come among her home, and hospitality, and all of that, even though that's there, She is so incensed, she goes to Jesus and she says to him, Lord, tell her to help me. I'm cooking and I'm clean, I'm sorting out. Tell her to help me. Yeah? Because Martha's that kind of person. Yeah? And loads of us, we know we're that kind of people. Yeah? That we come in on a Sunday morning and we're clearing up and we're getting everything ready and someone's standing there, they're just chatting and chilling. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, you're going past them and you're thinking, oh my goodness. You know, and you want to make the point, but you know you can't really make the point. You don't, you, you don't get the conversation thing. Yeah, you don't get it. That's not you. Yeah. So Martha says, tell her. And Jesus answers, and I'm sure, I'm sure in her heart, she doesn't go, yes, Lord. I think Martha, in her heart, goes, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? When Jesus says, you're worried and upset, it's almost like she's saying, don't patronise me. Don't patronise me, Jesus. You are worried and upset about many things, Martha. You're worried and upset. But few things really matter. That's what he's really saying. Few things really matter. In fact, there's only one thing that really matters. And Mary's got it. So I I don't know what Mary's thinking. She's sitting there. I don't know whether she's now like, there's a little bit of pride coming up. She's like, I knew. Because, because we might put this thing down to personality. Oh, some people are like Martha, some people are like Mary. And it's okay to be both. Actually, let's be really honest. The passage does not say it's okay to be both. The passage says that Mary has chosen what is better. Mary chose a better way. Now, I will just leave that out there. I know, I, I know about the Marthas, yeah, I know. I don't know, I can be a Martha if I have to be, but I'm not naturally a Martha, be honest. Yeah? If you want me to be Martha for a little bit, I'll be Martha. In other... (laughs) In other versions of this story, what it says about Mary... Oh, no, it says it here. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening. 
Yeah? So that, that is the goal. Yeah? If you want to develop your character, one of the things that you must learn to do is to sit at the Lord's feet and listen. Yeah? And you do that over and above all the preparations that had to be made. Yeah? You sit at the Lord's feet over and above all the preparations that had to be made. Because there's a danger with the preparations that have to be made is that they can, you can lose sight of the Lord's feet. You can lose sight of what really matters because you've got so many other things to do. You can lose sight of it. And we don't want to lose sight of it, do we? Because we want to develop our characters. Okay. We're coming to the end of my kind of talky bit because we're going to do something slightly different today. What we're going to do is we're going to just kind of split down into groups and uh, there are some questions that we're going to just look at. I mean, we're not going to like expose people. You don't need to stand up and make big announcements of anything. Um, so engage to the level that you feel comfortable. Um, but we're going to get into groups and we're going to um, just... I suppose, look at some questions around this because this is a practical talk and a practical series, but it's absolutely key because, remember, we're looking at leadership that lasts. And remember, my big thing is the thing that helps leadership last is to recognise it is 90% about character. Of course, you need to be able to do some things, although in reality, sometimes you, you, don't, you can't do the job that you're given to do, and then you grow into the job, skills and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, chemistry, oh yeah, that'd be great, but actually that's not the thing. Yeah, but it is 90% about who you are. And obviously, if you need to learn to lead yourself better, resources and all those kind of things, then you must develop your character. There is no point in learning how to budget really well if you haven't learned how to be generous. Yeah, there's no, there's no point. You need to learn how to be generous. Then you'll discover how to budget. That kind of thing. So, um, so the way we're going to divide the groups is we're going to go broadly speaking into our community groups. So I think we've got some group leaders here. So Bill, I know you, you're representing a group, so the Wednesday group, do you want to stand? And Faith and Val, do you just want to stand? You're representing the Sunday group. And Peter and Lucy, or Peter... OK, Lucy's here. Peter and Lucy are here, representing the Thursday group. So in a moment, we're going to have... And I know what it would be in Beacon. It would be very polite, chaotic for a moment as people uh, move into their groups. And so why don't we say that, that if, you're, if you're in the Wednesday group already, then you join Bill. If you're in the... Uh, Thursday group, you join Pete and Lucy already. And if you're in, in the Sunday group, you join Val and Faith. However, if you are not in a group, then you can just go to whichever group you feel comfortable at this moment. No one's, you're not signing up for anything. You just, sorry, you can sit down. Um, you're, not, you're not signing up for anything. Don't feel like, oh my goodness, will they think? Don't worry about that. We're not, you're not signing up for groups. But groups are valuable. They are valuable. And this is one of the reasons why they're valuable. And so... Um, it would be helpful to have kind of evenly spread groups. Um, and then there are some questions that we're going to look at. And, we, yeah, we're going to kind of do that. Um, so I've got... I don't even know whether to do this right up front. No, then we've got some questions that we're going to look at. There are really... And I'll just read them. So I suppose... How do I develop my character? So you would be right in saying, okay, and I get it, I get it, but how do I do that? 
Here are some things really quickly I'm just going to tell you. You can just put them all up, Bill. I'm just going to read them, really. First of all, remember you're developing your godly character so that you can be a godly leader of yourself first. Submit to God's will. Yeah, it's a big one. You can talk about it. Pray. Ask God to help you change. Yeah, actually, that's a really helpful thing. Accept all of life's circumstances are an opportunity to grow. Not some, not only the good ones, all of them are an opportunity to grow. Accept the reality of sacrifice. Even in leading yourself, you will discover that you have to make sacrifices. Swallow your pride regularly. Yeah? Oh, that's difficult, but it's good for you. Yeah? It's like that kind of medicine that you don't like, but it's really good for you if you can do it. Swallow your pride regularly. Now, these last, these next three are really the antidotes to... When I talked about barriers to leadership, selfish ambition, lack of awareness, personal agenda, the antidote to selfish ambition is to serve others. Yeah? If you know that you have a tendency, serve other people and, and that will help you get rid of your own personal ambition. If you know you have a tendency not to listen, maybe you lack a bit of self-awareness, you don't want to listen to other people, you're single-minded, you think you know where you're going. If you know that's your tendency, invite feedback. And I don't mean invite feedback on your gifts and your skills, invite feedback on you. Yeah, This is one of, one of the challenges I found. I, I, I love having a family, I love having my girls, but boy, can they give me feedback on my character. Yeah, in a way that I'm like, oh, goodness me, <laughs> give me a break, girls. Yeah, they can give me the feedback and it comes when I'm not expecting it and, and with Paulie it comes and it's bang, bang, bang and I'm like, oh, 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 and then it's like bang, bang because it's only in a, it's like a metaphorical fight or, or, or punches. I, they don't even know they're doing it. So invite feedback on your character and then the next one where it says personal agenda, where you have a thing, your thing, whatever your thing is, it might be race, it might be women, it might be whatever it is, it might be gifts of the spirit, it might be the church, whatever you know your thing is, the prison by which you see the world, be open. Be open to other people's ideas. Yeah, That's the great way of getting rid of that personal agenda because other people, they don't think the way you do. Okay. Um, we're going to finish there. Um, if we can just all stand where we are and uh, just just face the front. Um, Josh, you can start playing. Um, so the the absolute practical application of this is that you would walk away with just one thing that you think, I can do that to help develop my character this week. Um, and um, one of the ones we talked about was prayer. And um, in this context, prayer is, is, is the idea that you would believe God can change you. You actually believe he can change you. And if you believe he can change you, You'll pray all the time. So if you don't pray all the time, it might be that, do I actually believe God can do this? I read this morning in my own just time. It was the story of the man who brought his 
daughter to his son to the disciples and the disciples couldn't cast out the demon and Jesus comes and says to him you know what, what do you want or something and he says oh if you can and Jesus queries him it's like you put the accent in the wrong place it's not if I can it's if you believe I can so Jesus always can Jesus can change you it's if you believe he can change you that's, that's really where you need to look at it. It's not about him, it's, it is about you. So I'm, I'm just suggesting you take one thing and if you're like, oh, I don't know what to take, take that one thing. I'll pray and I'll ask God to change me. Let's sing together. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team, or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.